The heartbreak of psoriasis is not a joke, despite the old commercial. 20% of psoriatic patients, according to one study, have considered suicide at one time or another in their life. This is serious stuff. You're listening to ReachMDXM233, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Michael Greenberg, your host, and with us today is Dr. Mark Lebwall, who's chairman and professor of dermatology at the Mount Sinai Medical Center in New York, and also the president of the medical board of the National Psoriasis Foundation. Welcome, Mark. Hi, Michael. Thanks for having me on the show. All right. Well, we're talking about psoriasis, and I think we cannot say enough about the National Psoriasis Foundation. I want you to give us the website or the phone number again because it's so key for patients to have accurate information, and the Internet provides a lot of nonsense these days. I agree entirely. The foundation has uh, real quality advice for patients about treatments, about the disease itself, and um, that can be accessed at uh, psoriasis.org or their 800 number is 800-723-9166. And since there's such an emotional overlay on this disease, I think that they get a lot of help from the foundation, don't they? A tremendous amount uh, emotionally and uh, not just emotionally. I mean, the patients are really taught what to do to help themselves. So they get a sense of empowerment, which helps them both emotionally and physically. Since I have been in medical school and we didn't know almost anything about this disease, now we know a lot about it. We know it's an immune system disease. And there's some new topical treatments that have become available lately or some older ones that we put together. Let's talk about some of these. The real changes in topical therapy have, in fact, uh, involved uh, either combinations or new vehicles. First, with the combinations, for many years, the combination of Dovinex and superpotent steroids like Tamivate or Ultravate were used. Um, and there was an issue when you combined two agents because Dovinex was very unstable. So Leo Pharmaceuticals figured out a way of combining beta-methasone dipropionate, which is the old diprosone, with Dovinex in one product, which they call in Europe Dovabet or Divabet, and in the United States, Taclinex. Um, it has at this point been used in many thousands of patients in uh, Europe. It's become the leading topical therapy for psoriasis and was entered into the uh, American market a couple of years ago and very quickly has become one of the leading topical therapies of psoriasis. A uh, very effective ointment used once a day at night uh, and a new development for our patients. The other new agents are uh, agents in new vehicles. Clobetasols, one of the strongest topical steroids we have, that has been put into a shampoo, Clobex shampoo. So it's the first time we have a super potent steroid in a shampoo. It's left on the scalp for 10 minutes uh, and then washed out and is highly effective. Very convincing studies showing that it works. Clobetasol has also been put into a spray called Clobex spray, uh, which is very easy to apply. Some people in the audience may remember a product called SkinCap, which ended up being Clobetasol spray. Uh, only the people that made SkinCap didn't acknowledge that they had put a superpotent steroid in there, uh, and they were selling it over the counter without prescription. That's one improvement on vehicle. Uh, Olux foam is a clobetasol preparation in a foam vehicle that has been around for a couple of years, very well liked by patients. It turns to an alcohol base as soon as it touches the temperature of the skin. It uh, massages in very quickly, evaporates quickly, is completely non-messy, and has been in use for several years. Um, most recently, Olux E, which is an emollient foam, so less drying than Olux foam, came on the market, uh, and that product is well-liked by patients for the same reasons. As soon as it hits the skin surface temperature, the foam turns to a liquid that quickly evaporates, does not leave a greasy, messy residue behind, and is well accepted by patients. 
The only other superpotent steroid that has entered the market is uh, one called Vanos Cream, and it's an emollient cream uh, that is 0.1% fluosinonide. Fluosinonide has been around for decades in the form of Lydex. In that preparation, it's 0.05%. Uh, the manufacturers of Lydex came up with a 0.1% concentration, which launches it into the superpotent realm. Um, and one of the interesting advantages of uh, this Vanos cream, when it's been compared to generic clobetasol cream, um, it appears to be less atrophogenic. There's less epidermal atrophy in studies that were just presented at the American Academy of Dermatology in a, in a poster. So there is a probably a, a benefit-risk ratio that is better uh, with this than some of the other superpotents. But uh, all of these agents have their own niches and their own areas where they pose an advantage. Patients who only like sprays will love Clobex spray. Patients who don't want to put on something that they leave in will only like the Clobex shampoo. Patients in whom you're concerned about steroid atrophy but need a superpotent steroid, uh, Vanos will be useful for. Taclinex doesn't have a superpotent steroid, but it has the efficacy of a superpotent by combining uh, a class 2 steroid with Dovinex. So um, all of these have their own advantages, and all of them uh, have been used a lot and will continue to be used a lot. Um, the other topicals that are new, again, involve new vehicles. Desinide has been around for decades, again, in uh, topical preparations. It's uh, no longer on patent. Well, it has been put in a foam, which is patented, uh, Verdeso foam. Uh, again, has all of the appeal of Olux foam. It's a, a lower-potency steroid that evaporates instantly and doesn't leave a greasy residue behind. Desinide's also been put in a gel called Desinate Gel, which is a lower-potency preparation that's cosmetically elegant and dries very quickly upon application. Um, fluticasone, which has been on the market in the form of a cream and ointment for many years, only a couple of years ago was introduced as Cutivate Lotion, which again has the same advantages that Cutivate Cream and Ointment had. Uh, it's in quotes a soft molecule. What that means in English is that as soon as it penetrates through the skin, it's immediately inactivated to products that don't cause systemic side effects. So it has a very beneficial picture when when adrenal suppression is looked at. In case you've just joined us, I'm Dr. Michael Greenberg, and I'm speaking today with Dr. Mark Lebwall, professor and chairman of dermatology at Mount Sinai Medical Center in New York. And we're updating you on psoriasis and a whole host of new treatments and topicals here. So again, fluticasone lotion is useful. It probably has a better benefit-risk ratio, and it's a middle-strength steroid. The other preparations that have come to market recently are uh, there's a whole line of salicylic acid-containing products, both in shampoos and creams, and that's a, traditionally been a very useful adjunct to psoriasis therapy. I think the brand name of that is Salix. There are several topical therapies under investigation. The topical calcineurin inhibitors, like Protopic and Elidil, have been fairly effective when used on face and intertriginous sites like the groin or the armpits, and they work extremely well, even though they don't work that well on elbows and knees. So there have been attempts to put them in vehicles that will make them penetrate more and make them more effective on areas like the elbows and knees. And certainly um, they have been under investigation in new vehicles as well. The other breakthrough in topical therapy has been in ultraviolet light. For the past approximately decade, narrowband UVB, which is a very highly focused spectrum of light that incorporates the precise spectrum that is ideal for psoriasis, 
has been used in the United States and is very, very effective for psoriasis. It can be used with psoriatane, which is an old standby that was used with broadband UVB for many years, now has been shown to benefit narrowband UVB as well. The other kind of light that has recently been introduced is the eczema laser, which is a very high-potency, narrow-band form of light that comes with a small device that treats limited areas of skin, uh, and in treating those limited areas of skin, areas that traditionally are hard to respond to any kind of um, light therapy or topical therapy respond well to this. For example, palm and sole psoriasis responds beautifully to often 10 to 20 uh, treatments with the eczema laser. We had one patient recently who had failed every topical therapy, and the patient was treated with the eczema laser 13 times and had complete clearing of psoriatic plaques on the palms and soles that hadn't uh, cleared with anything else. Um, The patient remained clear for over two years at this point. The other area where it has been useful some of the time has been in the scalp, for limited plaques, uh, and again, that's a very tough area to treat, but the eczema is very beneficial there. So we have a lot of good new topical therapies and light therapies for psoriasis. Well, now you have just now laid to rest all the cynical comments by all my hospital staff members who turn to me as a dermatologist and say, yeah, all you guys do is rub steroids on people for everything. Right. Well, there's more than one steroid and a lot of other products as well. Right. Well, let's mention something. You've mentioned a bunch of treatments like Taclinix, Clobex, Olex, which some of our primary care listeners are using on their patients, going to use on their patients. Can we talk for a moment for them about some of the risks of not overusing these or how to use these? Yeah. So many of these contain strong cortisone preparations, strong strong steroids. And the problems are, uh, first of all, the development of strii. That is an irreversible side effect, stretch marks. So I would certainly avoid using these on areas that are prone to the development of stretch marks, like the medial aspect of the thighs, the axillae. Those are areas where you just know you're going to get in trouble if you use superpotent steroids. And you have to tell patients not to use them there. Don't just assume that they're not going to. Absolutely. No, in fact, I very specifically tell patients, these are thin-skinned areas. You can't use them. The other area that we avoid using super strong steroids is on the face. Patients frequently will develop telangiectasia on the face. There's a rash called perioral dermatitis that occurs as a result of overuse of steroids on the face. So um, those three areas specifically, face, axillae, and groin are excluded. In women with large breasts, areas where skin run up, rub on skin, so the areas under the breasts are also prone to developing stretch marks and will often have them avoid their use there as well. So you have to control them, and you can control them through amounts, and you can control them through spending time with the patients explaining it to them. Unless I know a patient knows how to use it correctly, my prescription will not be refillable. Often what I'll do when I have a patient's ear and I can teach them how to do this, I'll tell them to use a super potent steroid twice daily for two weeks and then have them use it weekends only, which is an old regimen that's been shown to be fairly effective and safe and minimizes the risks of developing stretch marks, for example. Besides all these sophisticated treatments, do you ever just tell your psoriatics to get some sun exposure, or is that asking for trouble? So I will say that sun exposure is probably a little less safe than old-fashioned UVB, but probably safer than PUVA, which is another light treatment that we use. And going to a phototherapy unit three times a week is often impractical. So um, there are two ways in which I suggest sunlight to patients. Uh, If they can't go for phototherapy, one is if they can't find a place where they can get completely undressed and expose themselves in a 
metered way. Basically, they start out with a few minutes and increase every day by a few minutes. Um, that would be the ideal way to get sun exposure. Here, uh, there is a uh, wonderful clinic at the Dead Sea where uh, they are completely set up for this. They have separate areas that are enclosed for men, others for women, where patients uh, are seen in the clinic and given a prescription for the amount of time they can spend in the sun without burning, and they gradually increase the amount of exposure. I want to thank Dr. Mark Lebwald, Professor and Chairman of Dermatology at Mount Sinai Medical Center in New York, and the Chairman of the Medical Board of the National Psoriasis Foundation for just a load of information here about psoriasis that he's given us. Thanks for having me, Michael. I'm Dr. Michael Greenberg, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on Reach MDXM 233, the channel for medical professionals. The hosts, producers, and staff at Reach MDXM are here for you, the physicians who care for your patients. Tell us what you want and need. Please send us your email to xm at reachmd.com, and we truly thank you for listening. <laughs>